Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So good to have you here with us today, whether this is your first time joining us or uh, in the thick of this crazy times, you're tuning in. We're glad you're here. Glad you're joining us. Appreciate you hanging out with us. So we are in some uncharted territory right now. Uh, this is a, a really unique time for speakers. And so uh, I know so many speakers I've been talking to um, on the record, off the record of just, uh, kind of how people are doing. I know speakers are feeling a lot of fear, feeling a lot of anxiety and doubts and nerves and, uh, having a lot of events postponed and canceled and understandably. So this is just a, a really, really unique period of life. Uh, and so Eric and I from uh, the speaker lab here, we wanted to hop on and record some thoughts, kind of what we're doing about it and uh, how we want to be able to help serve and support you. So these are just uh, four tips and strategies as you're dealing with this crisis of how to best approach this. And you know what? This is not exclusive to just right now. The reality is, is that the speaking industry has had uh, issues and challenges in the past, whether that's something related to uh, you know the recession back in 2008 we talk a little bit about. If you go all the way back to 9-11 or even back uh, further back, there, there's always been things that pop up and, and can hinder or uh, challenge the speaking industry, but most of them tend to be just kind of blips on the radar. And I I know it's hard to see it like that while we're in the thick of this, but uh, the truth of the matter is that the speaking industry has been around for a long time, will continue to be around for a long time. Uh, and so there are a lot of great opportunities that this moment right now presents and creates for speakers everywhere. So Eric and I are going to dig into that, talk through uh, what you need to be doing, what you need to be thinking about, and uh, let's jump right into it. Here's my conversation with uh, Eric Ream, our Director of uh, Student Success here at the Speaker Lab. Enjoy. All right, my friends, these are uh, indeed extraordinary times that we are dealing with. And this is a uh, this has just been a unique couple of days. This is all evolving very quickly, disrupting every facet of our lives, including our speaking businesses. So uh, Eric and I wanted to hop on here and record a special episode on how to deal with not only this crisis, but just how do we navigate uncertain times as speakers? Because the, the truth of the matter is the reality is, is that this is something that's happening right now that we're in the thick of. But this is something that has happened in the past and will continue to happen in the future. So this is really, uh, really unprecedented at the moment, though. Eric, what, what are your thoughts right now? Well, I just think it's amazing, Grant, how much of cha has changed within the last week, right? I mean, so it's been quite a ride. And you, you and I and the, and, the, and the leadership team, you know, we were talking one way uh, two or three weeks ago, another way a week later, and then a different way now because it's mm -hmm. constantly evolving every day. Uh, something is changing. There's more news on something else. The People responded in different ways. Governments responded in different ways. Organizations responded in different ways. But I think, Grant, that there are going to be several things that, and the reason why we want to jump on here today, I think there's several things that we can do as speakers in our industry to mitigate the effects of this crisis. So, you know, one thing is you and I, we put our heads together. We've been talking a lot about this. Uh, you've done a fantastic job leading the Speaker Lab team. But we came up with some big ideas I think we should uh, work through together. Does that sound good to you? 
Let's do it. Let's jump in. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. So we got uh, four big ideas I think is going to help everyone as we work through this. Uh, and the first one is, I call it, number one is called secure the perimeter. Now that sounds weird and, and when you first hear it, right, Grant? Secure the perimeter. Sounds like a, a military person. It is, yeah, it is a military thing. <laughs> and one of the things is when I uh, joined the military back when I was 18 years old, I mean, think about that young and impressionable young man at 18 years old, I went in the military and I was involved in the military through West Point and also in the United States Army as a military police officer for about a, a decade. And that was my formal years, right? From 18 to 28, where I was really learning a lot about life. And so I learned a lot of really cool things in the military, just how to survive and how to be efficient and, and how to work through crisis, because that's what the military does. You're constantly working through crisis. So one of the first thing I learned as a young man is when the military teaches you, when you go into an unknown situation and, and you're going to a situation that might be unknown, it could be hostile. The first thing you got to do is you got to set your perimeter, secure the perimeter, your base camp, because you can't do any operations unless your base camp is secure. So that's what we're dealing with right now. I mean, it's just, we're in a situation where we're dealing with the unknown and we're dealing with a situation that could be hostile to us as uh, and our family and our speak as speakers. So it's hostile towards our health, could be hostile towards our finances and our way of life. So we must be diligent, Grant, to you know take you know some deliberate steps uh, that we could take moving forward. So what do what does securing the perimeter look like for us? So there's three different things we want to talk about. Grant, you want to talk about the first one? Yeah, let's take this first one. So first thing we want to do is secure your family and yourself. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, as speakers, we travel a lot. We're on a lot of planes, we're on a lot of flights. And, and so the, the idea of putting that oxygen mask on yourself before you're able to help anybody else, uh, that's really what we're in right now is make sure that you're taking care uh, of your family, making sure you're taking care of yourself, making sure everybody's safe. Uh, and this is why we do most everything in our lives. It's for our families. Eric, I know that you and I, um, so many people who, who are, uh, who follow us here at the speaker lab, um, we value family heavily, absolutely heavily. And so this is a, a serious time where families are, um, you know, potentially susceptible to the, the health side of things, but also, uh, there's a lot of, of fear and anxiety and nerves. And so one of our first primary responsibilities is to make sure we, you know, we take care of our family, take care of ourselves. Uh, we want to follow guidelines as, as described by local authorities and medical professionals. We want to, uh, engage in, in proper social distancing and ensure that, uh, you know, our, our, us and ourselves, we're not exposing ourselves or promoting the spread of, of this, this virus or this disease. And, um, even just having open conversations with, with your family, you know, discussing the issue, how you're going to get through it together. So, you know, a couple of things that our family has done is I've, I've tried to have kind of individual conversations with each of my daughters of just like, Hey, what, and they're a different age, they're 13, 11, nine, and just kind of asking them, Hey, what do you, what do you think about all this and anything that you're worried about or anything that I can help with? And, uh, just trying to have some of those conversations of, of how they're doing. Um, this is, a. uh, uh not as difficult for us on the um, social distancing because I'm I'm fairly introverted. So um, part of me is like, man, this isn't everything's shut down. Nobody can go anywhere. Everything's canceled. Like, all right, this isn't too bad at all. So, uh, so on one side, uh, that's been that's been all right. That's been okay. So, uh, yeah. So bottom line though is just make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Make sure that you're taking care of your family. Yeah, that's funny you bring that up, Grant, because. Uh, this is like uh, a time it's cool to be an introvert. So if you're an yes. introvert, you are a popular dude right now because oh, this, is is how you, this is how you engage life in general. <laughs> indeed, indeed. We've been training for this moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Okay. So uh, the second thing that we want to secure, so you talk about securing your family and yourself. So that's number one. And, and I've done the same thing with my family is I've been very open with them. You know, my, my kids came to me and my, my kids are old enough now. They kind of have an idea what I, I do. And I've been very open with them. I said, yeah, this could be a hit. Uh, and, but this is how, what we're going to do to deal with it. So that, that's definitely important to have that conversation. The second thing is you want to secure your finances grant. So now's a good time to take stock of your cash reserves, your income and how it may change in the short term. So the first thing you want to do is what does your cash flow look like? How much cash do you have access right now? I mean, I had to sit down and think about that. I had to ask myself, uh, realistically, how much liquid cash do I have right now if I had to go on a reduced revenue state? And it's time to be honest and really assess where you are. And everybody listens to this call, you're in different phases of life. And so I looked at my cash reserves. And I had to really think about if, for whatever reason, worst case scenario, by the way, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be, Grant. Mm -hmm. It's never as good as you think it's going to be. It's going to be right. somewhere in between. So I'm just looking at worst case scenario. If I had no income, I can go six months, no income, six months and no problem. So that's good for you to know. What is your number? Everybody needs to assess that. Um, what experiences are just not necessary? This is a good time to start thinking about, okay, what am I really spending my money on? Yeah. And is this really necessary? And just get a piece of paper. What's necessary? What's not necessary? And this is probably a good exercise to do anyway, right? So just what are your expenses and what's not necessary? Then you got to be prepared for a reduced lifestyle. This is one of the things I really had a conversation with my family about. Say, listen, we've been on a nice run for about two to three <laughs> years right now, right? We've been on a really good run. Now's the time to think about if we have to reduce our lifestyle, and it may be the case, then what would that look like? And so we needed, as a family and as a business, I need to determine or right, what's that look like in the short term. For And I, I, I say short term grants about three months, and mm -hmm. then long term is six months and beyond. So if we had to go on a reduced lifestyle, what does that mean? Does that mean my family and I, we eat out every Friday night, and, and we have a, we put names in a hat. And we pick a name out. Whoever's name is drawn, you get to pick wherever you want to go eat. And the only thing is you can't eat at the same place once, right? So we may have to just get rid of that for a while, you know? Yeah. And so this figuring out what that looks like and what's that reduced, look like, reduced lifestyle look like. So number two, when you want to secure the perimeter grant, is you got to secure your finances and have a quick assessment and realistic assessment of where you are. Cool. All right. And then the last part of this, or still, again, still kind of under the secure the perimeter. So we've got secure your family and yourself, uh, secure your finances. And then the last part of this is going to be secure your business. So there's no denying that this is going to significantly impact our, our speaking business. And we got to uh, really wrap our minds around the level of impact. And then we can start figuring out what to, what to do next and where do we go from here. So here's a couple of steps that we would suggest when considering how you're going to secure your business. So first thing you want to do is make sure that you're securing gigs that are under contract. So reach out to all event planners that have hired you just to kind of get a status of the event, what options are to postpone. And this is changing on literally a day-by-day -day basis at this moment, right? Um, so we are recording this on we're recording this on Monday morning, March the 16th. And I had emailed, uh, I have a couple of events coming up in April. Uh, and I had emailed uh, the clients on this past Friday, literally just a couple of days ago. And they're both like, Friday morning. They're both like, as of now, all systems go. And at the time, it kind of felt like, yeah, it seems like that's going to be the case. And now here we are, <laughs> the weekend has passed, it's Monday morning. And I would legit be shocked if either of those events happen, right? So again, a lot of this is very, very, very fluid right now. Uh, but the goal is just to, to really avoid cancellations if possible, suggest that you're open to, to reschedule uh, if possible. So this is one thing I want to do with them. If, if, I'm, if they're 
they're thinking about, hey, we need to push it back a couple of months, or we need to push it to the fall, or we need to push it to next year. That's fine. Being flexible and really trying to, uh, really trying to work with them. Other thing that you really want to make sure you do is you you clarify perspective gigs. So reach out to all the event planners you've been in contact with, uh, but haven't finalized with the contract. Let them know that you're still interested in working with them, and just wanted to get clarification on the status of their event. Now, one of the things I've seen. You and I have kind of been talking a little bit about this. One of the things we're, we're kind of noticing in the marketplace is uh, there's still a lot of events that are booking for the summer, for the fall, because as, as far as we can all tell at the moment, you know, this seems like it's going to certainly be an impact for the next couple of months, but um, the sense would be it potentially dies down in the summer. We're, we're back to somewhat business as usual in the fall. Now, again, nobody has the crystal ball. Nobody fully knows this uh, 100%, but that seems to be the the idea at the moment, which bottom line means that there's still going to be a lot of events that are going to be happening. And you, you also want to consider that uh, you think about the number of events that were supposed to be happening in the next couple of months that have now been pushed to the summer or to the fall. Uh, and there's going to be people, there's going to be events that need to reschedule that the current speakers, the original contracted speakers cannot accommodate. They cannot do the new date. And so it creates other opportunities for speakers in the marketplace. So it's kind of like you take a full year's worth of events and you consolidate it down to, you know, eight months. Um, those eight months could be, have the potential to be really busy. And so I uh, really want to clarify right now with some of those prospective uh, gigs. And then the last part is you want to keep reaching out to event planners for long-term booking. So, you know, bottom line is there's going to be life on the other side of this. And so it's important that we think uh, long-term. I think nobody feels like, hey, this is going to, you know, ruin the speaking industry. Or this is going to ruin events forever and ever. That's certainly not the case. This is going to be a, uh, a blip on the radar, uh, albeit a, a significant blip for the, for the next couple of months. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, live events and hiring speakers will continue to happen over the long haul. And so uh, you want to continue to reach out versus, you know, sticking your head in the sand and hoping that this magically disappears and hoping that, you know, in a couple months you wake up and, and your schedule's back to normal. It, it won't be if you're not putting in the work right now. So again, bottom line is you want to continue to maintain any momentum that you've built. You want to continue to build upon that momentum with gigs that are, you know, six, 12 plus months out. So uh, don't give up on, uh, on the process at, at this point. So that's the first step. Uh, again, securing the perimeter, uh, securing your family and yourself, securing your finances, securing your business. Uh, Eric, what's, uh, what's number two? Yeah, awesome. Uh, one thing I would uh, say on the uh, reaching out long-term grant, I think all, as speakers we need to be aware of is we got to be patient with yeah. uh, event planners because event planners, they're trying to figure things out. They don't have a crystal ball either. And so they're not going to respond in the normal way. They're going to be very, uh, I think, vague. They're not going to want to commit yet. Yep. So we can't be overly pushy and angry and we, we're going to have to be very flexible and patient with event planners. as We work through this. doesn't mean you don't stop reaching out to event planners. You need to do that. Just be, but be patient, be flexible, be respectful for event planners. They're human beings too. They got yep. kids, they got families. So we got to be, we got to keep that, be mindful of that. Well, and one um, of the thing to piggyback on that is be aware right now of how you handle clients and the potential yes. long-term ramifications of that. So let me give you a quick example. I remember a couple of years ago, this is unrelated to any you know virus thing or health thing, but I remember a week before an event I had, um, the event was just not, uh, it was a smaller event, but it was a smaller conference and they just didn't have the registration that they had hoped. And so the event planner called me and said, hey, we're just gonna have to cancel the contract or we're gonna have to cancel the event, bottom line is, and we're, we're not gonna need you to, to, to come after all. Um, and so I knew like contractually, this is a week before the event, there's no way I'm going to fill that date. Uh, and so contractually, like they owed me all the money type thing. Right. Uh, and so on one hand you're like, well, 
Like that's a, that's a hit for me, but I also try to look at, okay, how do I make this a win in terms of the relationship? Right. Um, and so, uh, what ended up happening was I had three events back to back to back. The flights were already booked and they were the middle event. And so it didn't make sense for me to, uh, like fly home in the middle and then fly, you know, to the third event. Uh, I, I needed to go to their city <laughs> just to pass through. And so I, I contacted the, the event planner and said, Hey, I've got to come to your city anyway. Uh, ended up having lunch with the lady, had a great time hanging out. I ended up doing a, uh, a free school assembly. I said, just find a school in the area. I'll just do a free assembly. I gotta, I gotta be there anyway. So, uh, let me do a free assembly somewhere. And long story short, the relationship that was built from that, she ended up a couple years later, this lady was a state director. She ended up a couple years later becoming the national director. Uh, and her first year as national director, who did she hire for their, their national conference opening keynote was me. Uh, and I got to think like some of it had to do with, you know, the relationship that was built and how, you know, the professionalism that I, I tried to handle that situation with. So think not, not just, I, I get the short term, like financial uh, situation that we're all in at the moment, but also think long term that, you know, if you handle this right with certain event planners who may be able to book you for a whole bunch of events down the road because of how you treated them now, um, or um, may want nothing to do with you based on how you treat them now. And so it's, yeah. a, it's a, absolutely, it's a, it's a delicate, you know, situation. Um, you know, I was, I was kind of texting with a, a speaker friend last night about this and um, uh, we were kind of talking through this situation and uh, I was like, to be fair, like that, this is a one-off situation I was dealing with versus like my calendar for the next couple months, you know, being dramatically affected. So, um, but use wisdom and uh, professionalism when, when talking with some of these clients. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, big idea number two, Grant is evaluate your business. Now is the time to evaluate because when something happens significant in your life, whether it be your business, whether it be your personal life, whatever that is, it's always a good time to learn and think and pause and say, okay, how, how is my business right now? And how am I making money? So I had this conversation with my kids actually, as we were uh, driving yesterday, I said, you guys don't even realize what travel was like before nine 11, before right. September 11. And they weren't even born before September. They have no idea when they go to the, uh, get on an airplane, they just think this is how life is. Right. Yeah. So you remember how it was before nine 11? I mean, it was right. like, you could do anything. You could go to the gate. Um, and I remember my wife and I were dating. I was in Colorado and she was in Indiana and I would go to the gate and wait for her and just casually pick her up. And I'd take her to the gate and hang out with her. Grant, I was, I'm old enough to remember when people smoked on the plane. I remember ashtrays in the plane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, but then nine, 11 happened and it literally changed the way we traveled from then on out. I mean, it changed everything. And so I think we'll get on the other end of this and it may change a little bit on how we work our business. So now is the time to evaluate. So here's some things, here's some questions you need to ask yourself, ask yourself. And by the way, I'm doing the exact same thing right now. So how do you make money speaking right now? I mean, there's so many different ways to make money. How are you making money speaking right now? Or if you're just getting started out in the speaking business, how do you plan to make money speaking? And then ask yourself, how's that going to change moving forward? Now, again, this is constantly evolving, but you can start having these scenarios and start thinking about how could this possibly change moving forward and how could this have an impact? Um, then does it need to change how you're making money? So if you're uh, like, for instance, I was looking at my, business. I've got 28 gigs coming up, Grant, uh, 28 speaking gigs so far booked. My goal is 40. And out of those 28, eight of them are keynotes at conferences. Mm -hmm. So uh, in the short term, and maybe even in the midterm, I think conferences are taking the biggest hit where they're going to have thousands of people there. That obviously is a, a, an area that's being affected big time. So I'm just lucky enough to think about out of my business, eight out of the 28 are conferences, 19 out of my 20 are actually workshops and they're smaller. 
And so from a money-making standpoint, that actually seems like that's going to be a better thing moving forward for me is that's much more nimble because workshops can be postponed. They can be moved really easily, whereas big conferences cannot. Yeah. Um, certification courses. So I do certification courses right now. I do one of those. I'm obviously a coach on the speaker lab. This is a source of revenue for me, which allows me, and you've talked about this many times, this allows me to be virtual. I don't have to physically travel anywhere to do that. Right. Um, and then I have an online course that, that I partner up with a company that's coming out in May. That's where I'm at right now. Right. So this is how things are changing on the fly. And so this is how I sort of evaluate my business grant. So I actually had a call uh, with a company that wants to work with me and they want me to train 40 of their employees. And so they came to me and said, listen, uh, we're in 25 different states and I'm not sure if we can, if it makes sense for us to take you to all these different areas of training, we need to come up with a different option. And this is all happening within the last week. And so I said, well, how about a virtual training? How about I do the exact same thing? We'll do some virtual training. I'll, I'll do some loom videos. We could do some webinars. I could do some one-on-one -on -one coaching. And he said, that sounds fantastic. Can you send us a proposal? So literally this week, Grant, I want to send a proposal to them. That's going to be a pretty significant amount, a chunk of money. Uh, and I'm not going to travel. So that's going to be something I'm going to start evaluating. Can I duplicate that more? So in the short term, here's what I'm looking at doing. Number one, speaker lab, definitely we're leveling up. So I want to strengthen the, strength, uh, the speaker lab because this is revenue for me. And the way our relationship works, the better the speaker lab does, the better I do. So I mm -hmm. definitely want to level up there. The next thing is I got to finish a book that uh, I'm contracted to finish. So I'm really going to double down on that. Um, I want to promote this online course that's going out in May. So the more people I can get to go to that, the better. I've got a really nice contract with that. Um, I want to secure this virtual training project. So I want to get this thing. I'm going to get this out this Wednesday and I want to follow up with them. I want to secure that. That alone grant almost could replace probably 75% of the income I potentially could lose. So when I, when I evaluated my income grant, I was telling you before we got on the call, I have $48,000 quite honestly at risk right now. 3000 just today was canceled. So I lost that for sure. 13 grand, I think, could be going, and the rest, I think, is going to be rescheduled. So I want to be able to keep a majority of that. But the stuff that I lost, I'm probably going to be able to replace that with this virtual project. Um, also, I need to save as many currently booked events as I can, so I need that. And then I also want to double down these workshops. So moving forward, I think what I want to do, Grant, is I want to start focusing more on these smaller workshops because these smaller workshops are proven to be nimble and resilient. And it's much easier for me to gather with 15 or 20. And quite honestly, I make more money doing that than I do doing a 45-minute keynote uh, on a stage in front of 2,000 people. So I'm going to start looking at that. And I have a series of digital projects I've been thinking about doing that would, be, would parlay to what I do now. And maybe I'll ramp up some of those digital projects. So that's what I'm doing now, Grant, is I'm just evaluating how I'm making money, how that could potentially change, and how I need to go moving forward. So I was having breakfast with my son. I said, listen, we're going to get hit financially, but your dad's going to figure out alternatives that can take what I do now, leverage it in a different way, repackage it in a different way, that's going to be better at the end of it. So at the end of it, I think potentially grant, I could have a stronger business just by doing what I need to do anyway. This coronavirus situation's forcing me to evaluate, but I need to evaluate this anyway. And I think I'm going to be better in the long run. So step number two is we need to evaluate our business and we're moving forward after this. Very good. Uh, third step uh, is we want to gain perspective here. Uh, so if I think back, I got started in speaking in about 2006, 2007 or so. So I was a year or two into it when the recession of you know 2008, give or take, started to really hit. And I remember just thinking kind of similar thoughts. of There were so many speakers around that were really struggling and really having a difficult time. And I was just like, just put your head down, buckle down. Like events are still happening. Let's make this happen. Uh, and I remember just thinking like, all right, if I can get through this, 
then I can get through any time, right? Because I remember hearing speaker talk about like certain periods of time that were just smooth sailing. Everybody was booking speakers. Funding was unlimited and it was just yada, yada, simple, simple, simple. So I remember thinking like, man, if I can, if I can make it through this, like when things are tough and things are tight, because um, the reality right now is there are going to be speakers who just decide at this moment in the thick of this, like this isn't worth it. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to do something else. And I like, I don't knock people at all for that. You know, you got to take care of your family. You got to do what makes the most sense for you, but there's certainly going to be people who decide this isn't, this isn't for them and they don't want to take this risk. They don't want to go on this journey anymore. Uh, and so you have to decide, you know, how committed, how serious you are and, and how speaking fits into what it is that you want to do uh, long-term. A couple other things I would remind you of is, is, be careful where you get your information, meaning that um, I have found myself, especially over the, the weekend, uh, you just kind of get glued to Twitter or Facebook or the news. And it's just kind of, it's a mix of like kind of doom and gloom. And it's a, I was texting with some buddies last night and normally I, 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 I'm an early owl. I go to bed like nine, nine thirty or something. And it's like 10, 10 30. There's a group of four or five of us like still texting. And all of us are like, we have got to go to bed, but I cannot turn away from all of this. Like it, it's just, it's like, it's like this slow moving car crash that, you know, you, like I gotta, I gotta look away, but I can't, uh, is so it just, you, you gotta be cautious on that. You know, like stop. Uh, if I, if I stop right now and I just look outside, it's a nice day. It's sunny. You know, the sun came up today. Birds are still flapping their wings and it's all in all, we're going to be fine. Um, another thing is uh, because of this, like really think big picture here, you know, and, and recognize that again, at the moment, it's very uncertain. It, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of nerves. I totally get that. I totally understand that both, you know, professionally as someone who, who, uh, owns a business and personally as a, you know, as a, as a husband, as a father, like none of us have any clue what the coming weeks and months will look like. Um, but think big picture and, and I really, I'm feel pretty confident that we're in good shape. We're going to be fine. Uh, another thing is to really be thankful, really be grateful grateful. I'm incredibly grateful for our family. I'm incredibly grateful for uh, the life that we have. I'm incredibly grateful for our health, for um, you know, the blessings that we have uh, financially. Um, like we have, uh, we have in so much to be thankful for. And so uh, this is a good moment when, when life is good, it, sometimes it can be hard to to stop and pause and, and kind of smell the roses and to be grateful and thankful. And this is absolutely one of those moments where life uh, can be a little, feel a little chaotic and a little out of control. So to stop and be grateful. Uh, other things I tr I've tried to remember is that some of the biggest transfers of wealth in history have happened uh, during and around crises. So if you look back to the Civil War, World War One, World War World War II, um, the Great Depression, 9-11, there have been significant opportunities here. So try to ask myself, what does this make possible for us? So for example, uh, this past week, um, while the stock market was taking a huge, huge hit, um, I actually put a lot of money into the stock market, um, in part because everything was on sale. And, and I know that, that it's money, I was explaining to my 13-year-old my daughter over the weekend, um, uh, you know, kind of how that she was asking, like, how does the stock market work? And what does it mean that it's down so much? And I said, you know, the, the money that, that we put in is, is really more for retirement. It's money that we're not going to touch for 30 or 40 years. So I'm pretty confident that in 30 or 40 years that uh, we will um, we'll be in great shape. Now, again, I'm not a financial advisor, so I'm not telling you what to do with your money. I'm just looking at it through the lens of what does this make possible uh, because of this. Uh, the other thing I'd say is, is just to be flexible in, in all of this. So 
And this situation is rapidly evolving. You don't want to be rigid in your thinking, uh, be open to change and possibility. You know, so a good example of this is uh, our leadership team here at the Speaker Lab. We were planning on doing a leadership retreat here in Nashville. We do this once a quarter, uh, just to kind of plan out the upcoming quarter. And uh, our retreat at the time of this recording was scheduled for one week from today. And uh, Eric, if you remember, we were, uh, I messaged all of you guys uh, Wednesday um, early evening and said, Hey, you got, I'm just checking, you know, things are ra ra rapidly changing. Is everyone still good for the trip? And at the time, all three, all three, everybody in the leadership team was like, yeah, 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 totally good. All good. All good. And, and then like, it felt like a couple hours later and by the next morning, like things had rapidly declined in the world. And even fast forward today, a couple days later, it went from feeling like, of course we would do this retreat to there's zero chance we, we should do that. Uh, and so we just we had to be flexible. We had to cancel it, um, and we'll we'll do it via Zoom, and it'll be fine. Uh, but just being flexible uh, and versus being rigid in the in your thinking or sticking your head in the sand and uh, and and you know assuming it's not going to affect you. So that that'd be a couple of my thoughts just on gaining yeah. perspective. Uh, Eric, what what do you thought? Yeah, I'm totally bummed we're not meeting in Nashville too. That's a highlight of my quarter hanging out mm -hmm. with you guys. So I'm, I'm bummed about that, but that was a good call. But I, Grant, I would tell you when I was 22 years old. Um, my first uh, deployment uh, out of the academy was to Bosnia-Herzegovina. And for those that are old enough to remember the mid-90s, we were having a pretty much a hum uh, humanitarian crisis in Bosnia through basic mass genocide. And at 22 years old, it was hard for me to just wrap my head around, right? Coming from Indiana, and now I'm going to this war-torn country, and I'm leading soldiers into harm's way in a country that's the size of Alabama with over 3 million landmines undocumented all over the country. But that wasn't even the hard part. The hard part was ice cold. We had no running water. Uh, I didn't shower. I didn't clean myself for weeks on end. Have you ever tried that, Grant? No, I think not, I'm good. Not, not fun. <laughs> and every single day was just drudgery. And I remember at 22 years old, Grant, I went and found somewhere where nobody could find me, and I bawled my eyes out. Yeah. And it was, I was thinking, there is no way I can do this every day. There is yeah. no way I can live like this. But I got through it because what happened was is that what I realized and what I began to discover is that as a human beings, we're, we're resilient, we're extremely resilient, and we're very adaptive. And I learned that the army taught me that and I started just living day for day, like, how can I do to survive today? How can I do? What can I do to survive the next day? And over time, I began to adapt, and I began to become more efficient, and my, I began to change my mindset. And I got through it. And from 22 to where I'm now at 46 years old, I'm 100% track record of getting through crisis, right? Yeah, yeah. I've lived yeah. through, I've literally lived through, I've I caught myself on fire. We, had, we talked about that once, yeah. where I literally yep. melted my skin off my legs. That was a bad <laughs> moment in my life. And I lived to tell the day, right? I mean, it, yep. Things like this happen and you learn, to, you learn day by day you can adapt. So we're going to get through it, no question. And so number four and the last element we want to last big idea, Grant, and I think this is very important to end with this, and that is you have to enjoy your moments. Yeah. You, know, you only live once. Um, this is what we've got. This is our life. These are our families. These are the times we're living in. You, you take the hand you're dealt and you live and you do the best you possibly can. So I remember back when I was in college, my junior year, uh, Grant, I had a brand new Pathfinder, 1994. It was jet black. It had uh, leather, uh, gray leather seating inside, CD player. The thing was beautiful, man. It was gorgeous. I drove it home from West Point to hang out with my dad and my family. It was going to be a great Christmas. Uh, we had a fire the night before, a wood fire. And then and the next day I got up to go run a race. And my dad took a, the fire, all the embers out and put it in a, a paper bag. And he put it out in the garage. He touched the ashes and it seemed cool enough to him. And he put it in the garage. 
And as we're leaving and we go uh, to run this race, it's a big two lap race. And I remember the first lap I run and I'm leading it and my, I come around and my dad's clapping. He goes, Hey, Eric, good job. Keep going. Great. The house is on fire and your car's in shambles. Oh my I mean, he said that in the middle of the race. I'm like, what is going on? Well, that paper bag had combusted in the middle of the race wow. and the house caught on fire. So we went home and literally a house was in flames. My car was melting in front of me and all the presence and everything in there was being affected by it. And I just remember having to move out of the house that night. We went to a movie because we had no place to go. We literally smelled like fire and soot and everybody kind of looking at us like, who are these people, right? We had no yeah. place to go. We ended up going to my grandma's and I remember going back and trying to get whatever presents we had left. And I just remember, Grant, that being one of the greatest Christmases we ever had mm -hmm. because all the material stuff went away, everything went away, and we just focused on, let's just be together as a family. And mm -hmm. out of all the Christmases, I still remember that. So here's what you got to remember is we're going to have opportunities, Grant, during this time to create memories with friends and our neighbors that is going to be unprecedented. We're going to have things, opportunities that we've never had before to really look at some of these pressure moments, enjoy the little things that make life so precious. And so sometimes in situations like this, we just got to slow down, look around and say, you know what, there's, there's a lot of uh, cool things about humanity that we can see. In yeah. fact, I think we're going to start learning things like we did through 9-11, that we're going to see humanity go to another level and see humanity yeah. at, it, at its finest. Because this is not just a U.S. Uh, crisis, this is a world crisis. And yeah. we're going to come together as a humanity. And I think it's going to be something that's going to be important for us just to take stock that there's a lot of good things to be thankful for. Now, this is going to seem weird, but I think this is important. I started a practice uh, about two years ago where I journal every day, Grant. And I think it's important that we capture our thoughts in these times where you get up and I actually did it this morning. We, I think about, you know, what am I thankful for right now? What's working? What's not working? What am I excited about? What am I afraid about? And just get these things out of your head and get yeah. them on paper. I think it's important to take that as a practice. Um, so anything you want to add on that, Grant? Yeah, I'd say in the midst of this, um, be be a good human and be patient with people. Uh, the other day, so again, we're recording this on, on Monday morning. On Friday morning, um, I was running a couple errands and went to Costco. I like going to Costco when things are normal and things are a little chaotic at the moment. So I got to, I finished my other errands early and got to Costco about 20 minutes before they opened. And it was just packed, just lines and lines of people outside. It felt like a, like a, like a Black Friday type thing. And so we go into Costco and uh, it's just me. Uh, I go in and I, I just noticed, like, you can just see like the stress, the fear, the anxiety on people's faces. People are just buying things left and right. Um, and so I, I kind of like pause to just kind of like smile and almost just kind of laugh to myself of just like, you know what? We have no idea what things inside Costco we're going to need or not need, but like be patient, be kind, be polite. Uh, whenever you're interacting with people, people are, are everyone, every human, like this is what makes this so weird and unique is it's not a human that this doesn't affect in some way or the other. Everyone's feeling the anxiety. Everyone's feeling the fear. Everyone's feeling the stress. And so just be patient with people, be kind to people, people that you're interacting with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and on as a separate note, I go to Costco, grab a couple odds and things I was going to get either way. And I didn't do any like prepper stuff, but uh, I come home and uh, my wife comes in and she said, why did you buy all these baby wipes? I got a case of 900 baby wipes. Well, I thought they were, they could be like disinfectant wipes. And she's like, why did you buy these? It was like, everyone was grabbing baby wipes. And so I thought we might need baby wipes. Every cart everywhere had baby wipes. So it was like, I felt like I was being left out. So it was totally mob mentality about baby wipes. She's like, we're not going to use these. So if anyone needs baby wipes, I got a few. 
Uh, so bottom line is again, be, you know, be patient, be kind, even if it's as simple as just honoring the need to social distance yourself, um, be patient with other people at the, at the grocery store, that sort of thing. Uh, that's one thing our, our families try to do is, uh, it's just, it's just like, we like hanging out with people, uh, selectively, but, uh, right now just saying like, nah, it's just safer for everyone's sake to stay home. I had read a, a tweet over the weekend called the, the, the paradox of preparedness. Because right now, some of this feels like overkill, but we'll never really know if it was overkill or not. But if we don't go overkill, we'll quickly find out like, oh crap, we should have done more, you know? And so I'd, I'd rather, same with like, you, you know, the, our leadership team coming to Nashville, I'd rather err on the side of caution versus like, we do it and realize, oh crap, we really shouldn't have done that. So is it all too much? Is it too dramatic just to stay home, to not interact with anyone, just to, you know, to, to live life like I normally do as an introvert? Who knows? But for now, uh, I'd rather play it safe. So yeah, let's, let's kind of wrap up here, put a, a bow on things. So summary of what we've covered here so far. Number one is we want to secure the perimeter, our family, our finances, our businesses. Uh, number two is we want to evaluate our businesses. So where's it at now? Where's it going? What needs to change? What do we need to do in the short term? What do we need to do in the long term? What are the opportunities? What are the things that are possible now? This is one thing that uh, I was talking with our entire team at the Speaker Lab this past week is, is saying, hey, what does this make possible now? Like what, what opportunities are available now? How do we take advantage of this? Not in an uh, exploitive way, but um, this presents opportunities. So how do we best help and how do we help best uh, rise to the occasion here. Uh, number three is we want to, to gain perspective. You know, we're, we're going to get through this. We have many times before. Life will be difficult in the short term. We'll feel the anxiety and the nerves and the fears. That's completely normal. Uh, but we can, we can be even better in the long term because of this. Uh, and then finally, number four is to enjoy the moments. You know, enjoy the, the opportunities that this has created. Appreciate humanity, the positive stories of how we will serve each other. I uh, was talking with a, a buddy and we were both like, I can't wait to see the documentaries that come out of this. Like, this is gonna, this is so unique and fascinating right now. Uh, and so the, the stories that will come out of this will be uh, incredible. Uh, look for ways to create memories with your, your, your family, your neighbors, your community, your business, and, and journal, journal your thoughts uh, and writing things down, getting that, that stuff uh, out of your head. So uh, yeah, that's the, that's the big picture. Eric, what are your final thoughts? Uh, well, Grant, I am. Um when I, I had a gig out in New York and my wife and I, uh, we flew out to New York city the, over the summer. And I remember going there. And one of the first things we did is we went to the uh, world trade center Memorial. And I remember vividly what, what it was like on nine 11. And I remember thinking the world was coming to an end. I mean, yeah. we had no idea what was going on. There were planes flying in everywhere. Yeah. Everything was shutting down. I, I think people forget what it was like. It was scary for a while. Very. And I remember going to that World Trade Memorial Center and just tears coming out of my coming down my cheeks and just watching how we came together as a country and how we came together as a people and just the story after story how we just lifted ourselves up and we got through it. So my final thought for this brand is this is not the first time we faced extraordinary events in our history. It's not going to be the last time. Mm -hmm. And if, if history teaches us anything, and that's one thing I learned at the United States Military Academy is you can learn from history. If history has taught me anything is that we're an extremely resilient and adaptive people, unbelievable adaptable people. We'll adapt and we will thrive. There is no questions. We don't need to know exactly how we're going to do it right now, but as long as we keep moving forward and keep the momentum and keep our heads up and don't forget to serve others and look for opportunities. We will thrive and we're going to be just fine, but we'll do it together. 
All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Eric Ream. Uh, again, we know that this is a, a really, really difficult stretch, really difficult season right now for speakers everywhere. Uh, you are, are, are feeling it. You're hurting. You're worried. You're anxious. You're uh, concerned. Uh, all of the above. Totally understand that. Totally get that. Let me remind you, though, that this too shall pass. Uh, I jokingly tell my wife all the time, either this will pass or I will pass, one or the other. And uh, But right now, I'm super confident that this will pass. We'll be back to business as normal uh, soon. So hang in there. Keep fighting. The world needs your message. If you need anything at all, please don't hesitate to reach out to myself and our team. Uh, us here at the Speaker Lab, we are happy to help however we can. All right? You guys are awesome. Hope you guys have a great day.